Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Our largest single-theme land expansion ever. Now we want you to share with us our latest and greatest dream. Matterhorn Matt presents Matterhorn Mondays. Welcome, everybody, once again to episode 153 of Matterhorn Mondays. I am, of course, your host, Matterhorn Matt. And I am Jeremy. And uh, today, we have a great episode planned for you all today. Uh, Yeah, lots of great topics that we're uh, excited to get into. Uh, Lots of breaking news, not compared to last week. Well, you know, last week we had the big Buena Vista Street story that we had to cover. But, you know, lots of more news that we're excited to get into this week. That's Uh, right. Yeah. Jeremy, anything you'd like to say to the audience before we uh, get started here? Uh, no, I think, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty juicy news. It's, it's pretty, it's going to be pretty redundant though. So I actually think it's going to go by pretty fast because we've been talking in circles for, I feel like for seven months. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, today, today's the first day of November and if, you know, we say this the first of every month that we've been doing this the past however many months it's been. I know. It feels it's... like just yesterday I moved in here to my office, moved into the range, my whole setup here, and now look at us now. Right. Whole eight months. Look at us now. Later. It's been crazy. But hey, if you stick around, if you stick around to the end of the show, our final segment here is going to be something a little special. I'm going to be providing a book review for the... Yes. Uh, the new book about the haunted mansion uh boundless realm deep explorations inside disney's haunted mansion i will uh do that review at the end so i'm not going to talk about it now but uh, i feel you know in the spirit of halloween being a couple days ago i felt it was appropriate and it just came out earlier this month so i i felt uh it was appropriate to uh mix things up you know we not just have everything be about you know disney news let's let's have some fun Yes, that's what... not that. And then it might bore you. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be me talking <laughs> for about two minutes. So it might actually be bad, but we'll see. Yeah, stick around and find out for yourself. Stay to the end. Don't click off the, <laughs> the ad breaks either, you guys. Wink, wink. Just kidding. But anyways, before we get into this week's news from the peak, I failed you the past like four shows in a row, you guys. And I have to extend my greatest and most sincere apologies to all of you for not doing any mat snaps. I mean, technically we did the segment. We didn't have the sound clip, the sound bite, because my soundboard was broken, but I fixed it. And I also have a Snapple uh, today. So I'm excited to finally get back into the groove of that. So let's get right into this week's mat snaps. A whole wide world of knowledge awaits underneath the cap. It's once again time this week Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, we have this pristine, (laughs) unopened bottle of Snapple here. And this is, of course, the plastic bottle. I'm sure you're all used to it by now. And we have the classic peach tea. It doesn't want to focus for some reason, but that's my favorite. Yeah, peach tea is by far the best Snapple flavor if you ask anybody, they'll probably say something else, but they're wrong. Peach tea is the best Snapple flavor. And I have 
of course, my trusty Galaxy's Edge cup here to go along ah. to to drink this bad boy in. So let's go ahead and uh, let's see if we can get a good Which, pop here. Yes. As he, oh well, let's hear the pop first. Okay, pop the. We'll go ahead and pop this open here. Let's see if we can get a good one. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. It's not as good not as the glass ones. The glass ones give off better pops. But uh, yeah, there's the setup for today, Jeremy. What did you uh, What did you want to say? We'll go ahead and pour this, Matt. Um, mm. As Matt pours <laughs> this, this Ogus Cantina uh, cup is on sale for just a thousand dollars. You can buy this this uh, cup with Matt's saliva on the straw. Yeah. The straw will be included. More information about that uh, in the description below. That is so true. Jeremy has never <laughs> spoken truer words. Can on you the show. imagine? <laughs> if someone buys it. I'm not complaining, but you know, yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars theme uh, says Willem Will Emma I'm sorry I just butchered your name uh, yeah well anyways we have uh, like I said Snapple and I'm happy to have the <laughs> I'm happy happy to have the sound effects back the like I said the soundboard has been broken for the past few episodes but it's at that time of the episode you guys it's time to get into this week's news from the peak we now present to you news from the peak. Let's go. This week's news from the peak. Jeremy, what is our first bit here of uh, news from the peak? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so our first bit of news from the peak here is Disney has released a video displaying new advancements in their atomic Oh God! I just I just tried this word uh, out before the show, and now I froze. What is it? Autonom autonom autonomatronics. There it is. Autonomatronics. What a wonderful phrase. Okay, autonomatronics. <laughs> now, uh, this is the next evolution in in uh, Disney's audio animatronics, and it's actually not considered an audio animatronic because an audio animatronic. Uh, is uh, has a show pre-programmed in it. And what makes this special is that the Autonomatronic is going to respond actively to its environment, whether that's guest interaction. The most cool thing about it, if you watch the video, are the, the eye movements are yeah. so realistic. I can't wait to see if they get a really great sculptor there uh, at Blaine Gibson level mm -hmm. at WDI. These automatronics are going to be absolutely revolutionary and incredible uh, looking, as well as they are incredible technology. So I'm that's really really exciting. Who knows when we'll see this implemented? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a pretty uh, exciting uh, advancement. Yeah. Sadly, can't show the video because I don't want this to get copyright struck by you know Mickey Mouse himself. And uh, it is kind of creepy, of course, with no skin on it. Just the eyes and the teeth that you can see but uh yeah either way it's kind of fun to predict uh where we'll we'll first see this end up like uh, we saw with the stuntronics a few years ago we saw that those ended up uh, being right. in marvel land so you know leave your predictions down below as to where we'll see the first uh, iteration of this new uh auto <laughs> i'm not even gonna try auto <laughs> auto Autonomatronics. Autonomatronics. There it is. I don't Auto know. Autonomotronics? I like that. Autonomotronics. There it is. Oh, yeah. it's actually, it's autonomatronics. <laughs> I cut. We're starting to show over. <laughs> well, time for our second bit 
of news from the peak here today. This is, uh, you know, this could be taken as some good news for you Epcot fans out there. Uh, after the temporary pause in work at Spaceship Earth, like we reported on a few episodes ago, new permits uh, for the quote-unquote installation of source power and control equipment unquote, uh, have been filed for work on the attraction. So, yeah, this could mean really anything but, you know, speculation putting that to the forefront. Guys, the Spaceship Earth refurb is back on. Just kidding. Uh, but, I mean, it does bode a... It's possible. No, that's what it alludes to, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Some good news for all you Spaceship Earth and Epcot fans. Probably, or hopefully, this attraction won't be down for much longer. Hopefully, they'll get the uh, work started as soon as they can. This might be a hint towards that. We'll see. But... What do we have here for our third and final bit of news from the peak? Our third and final bit of news from the peak, Hong Kong Disneyland's reimagined castle, deemed the Castle of Magical Dreams, will be opening officially on November 21st. That's just around the corner. The uh, Castle of Magical Dreams, interesting title, is inspired by 13 stories, that's good luck, of beloved Disney (laughs) princesses and queens. Uh, it offered, this is, I'm reading the, the PR release for this, offers something special for every guest with its many towers and spires embracing iconic patterns, textures, colors, and ornamentation unique to each story. I'd like for them to point out the unique features of each <laughs> story on that castle. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's not completely... It's weird to look at because you can obviously see the mold that they've sort of sculpted around the original Sleeping Beauty castle. Like the new parts are just so obvious for me. It's just kind of hard to, in my head, make it like it's a brand new castle and not the not the old one. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, Hong Kong, they did something bold with their parks. And, you know, more praise to them for, you know, completely... Uh, redoing their castle, which is uh, not anything that we've, I don't think, seen uh, have seen in any other castle parks up until this point. So, it's, you know, very interesting. Good for them. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully one day we'll be able to see it in person. Hopefully uh, hopefully it looks better in person. I'll tell you that much. But, yeah, that yeah. does it. I for, agree. Yeah, very interesting. But that does it for this week's news from the peak. And, uh, yeah, we do have some uh, great topics that we're excited to get into today a little rundown here uh, first topic massive entertainment layoffs uh, around the parks and second topic overseas parks cope with covid spikes and then finally like jeremy mentioned the the book review of the boundless realm deep exploration explorations inside disney's haunted mansion very excited to hear jeremy's mm. uh, review it's been a while <laughs> since i've read a book so this will be well a, this one matt i guarantee you'll you should read so uh hopefully i sell it to you uh literally tonight i'll buy your copy no (laughs) (laughs) well anyways i think jeremy what do we have here for our first uh first main topic of the day okay our first main topic of the day i'm always caught off guard here (laughs) our first main topic of the day pretty devastating way to start off here yeah uh, so the Disney Parks arrives at its promised 28,000 layoffs with devastating blow to live entertainment in the parks. Uh, many further layoffs occurred this past week. Over 18,000 Walt Disney World cast members have lost their jobs, as have 10,000 
Disneyland cast members. This reaches the 28,000 number of Disney previously announced. This week, entertainment faced a particularly major hit with many shows losing their cast. Here is a list of some of those impacted shows. The Citizens of Main Street, Magic Kingdom, great, great walk-around characters there. Yeah. Monsters, Inc., Laugh Floor, the Magic Kingdom, love it or hate it. Um, uh, you know, the... There was were very very talented uh, uh, improvisers who worked in that show. Very sad to see that go. Citizens of Hollywood at Disney Hollywood Studios. Those were always great. The Hoop Do Musical Review at Fort Wilderness Resort and Campgrounds. That is very devastating. That has been around since 1974. It's one of the longest running dinner shows in the United States. Of course, the Festival of the Lion King, which is very devastating. I know that's a huge fan favorite. Um, and there's a full list that will be in the description of the video as well. All of these talented performers have lost their jobs with doubts that their shows will ever return. Actors' Equity Association, the union that represents actors and performers on Disney property, states that 720 of their 780 union members employed at Disney have lost their jobs. Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. That's devastating. And as always, we're going to have um, links to donate to cast members uh, that will be in the description. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what uh, there is to say. I mean, I'll pass yeah. it over to you, man, ask you some questions, but, uh, it is true. I mean, we have seen entertainment cuts pre COVID. So it, of course this was going to be the department that was absolutely gutted. Um, and that's just, uh, that's just devastating. I mean, the, for, in my opinion, I mean, live entertainment, say what you want about the quality of it over the history of the parks, but it's very vital to um, what makes the parks alive. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I don't know how you feel about this, Matt, but I'm sure very similarly. Yeah. We've been talking about layoffs almost weekly. It seems like for the past couple months or so, and it's very, like you said, it's very sad. It's very devastating for the company. And it is very interesting because like Jeremy mentioned, these live entertainments, the walk around characters, all that kind of stuff are really like, like you mentioned the heart of, you know, like Disneyland, like you walk around, you see, uh, the walk around performers, you see these shows and it's very uh, sad to see that go. And, it's very interesting as well. It seems like the past, you know, however many years uh, they've been doing these cuts, it see, seems like the live entertainment has always been, like, the number one, the first, one of the first things to go when, you know, we hear of these big cuts coming out. I think just a few months ago we saw the uh, the show inside the Golden Horseshoe ended, and then they replaced that with some, I think, a couple smaller shows uh, in Frontierland. But, yeah, it's very, it's just horrible. And I saw some tweets as well the day, I think it was either the day of or the day after of Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom where Monsters, Inc. used to be, or used to be, because the show is, you know, most likely never coming back. And they, Yeah, you know, it's probably gone. Yeah, and Disney, <laughs> like, literally just boarded up, like, the, the sign and everything, the, the queue. It's like it was never there, like, just a day, you know however many hours it was since the cast members were uh, informed of the layoffs. Disney just goes into the parks and then just, you know, poof, it's gone. It's like the, the laugh floor never existed. It's strange, too, because in any other circumstance, I think we would be celebrating the laugh floor closing yeah, yeah. to some extent. Mm -hmm. But because it's under these circumstances, it's like really kind of brutal mm -hmm. and sad. Um, because in any other circumstance, we would hope that it would be replaced with something that really fits into Tomorrowland and that would work really well in that space. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, this is different circumstances because there might not be anything that ever goes in that space for a yeah. very long time um, on top of those performers just not even being, you know, transferred to another show, you know, which might have happened if the ride closed under any other circumstances. So it's, yeah, it's really, it feels very icky. It does feel very icky. I almost spilled Snapple everywhere while you were talking, Jeremy. But all right, we can't lose the value of that cup, Ben. So yes, you guys, it's pristine. There's it. no chips on it. There's clean. It's perfect condition. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it is, you know, it's hard because you mentioned that this is probably the last time these shows are ever going to be. You know, they're not coming back at all. You know, like you said, monsters. Ink it's not floor. certain. Well, you know, it's not certain, but things like the laugh floor you can almost guarantee is not coming back because they've already been sort of doing that transition from the old Tomorrowland into new kind of Tomorrowland, and I'd assume that they'd want that attraction to to go either way. But, you know, being able to save the jobs of the actors, like you said, maybe transferring them to another show would be, you know, miles better than just 100%, you know, just firing them, letting them go. And, you know, it is just very horrible because like i mentioned we have been talking about these layoffs for the past like two months or so and even in the tweet that disney yeah, put out just a, just a few weeks ago they alluded to the fact that more layoffs were coming lo and behold the next week and now this week more layoffs uh, have been uh have been occurring so it's yet to see if even more cast members will be laid off hopefully not because uh you know they are uh, i don't know Well, here's here's the thing, Matt. Yeah, the the thing is, is that this is a part of that initial twenty eight thousand, right? Sure. So they were alluding to more being laid off, Mm. which means there could be. That's true. That's there very well could be. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, safe to say, I never saw Festival of the Lion King or any of these other shows, but you know, even that doesn't really. I've never seen the shows, but you know, you'd still love to have the the actors be there and performing for for everybody, giving their their Disney magic. And you know, yeah, it's it's. I mean, what else really is there to say? We've been talking about this for the past few weeks, and we've really said that all that can be said. Links down in the description, of course, to help all the cast members. You know, even if you can't give hundred dollars, you know, that might seem outlandish. Even you know, a dollar. However much you can contribute, I'm sure, helps uh, these cast members who no longer have jobs. Cast members who haven't had jobs since almost the beginning of the year, it feels like, uh, with the parks being closed and now they're, you know, not coming back. Uh, Yeah, links down below for resources to help all of your fellow cast members. But uh, Mark said in the chat, at Disneyland today on Twitter is officially deactivated. All info has been moved to the Disneyland app and Disneyland on Twitter. That's very interesting. Kind of a side bit of news there. Breaking news from Mark. But yeah, Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts here on uh, uh, on this topic before we move on? No, Mark's right. Um, I don't know why for I, that didn't pop up when I was compiling everything, but even though it was talked about a ton this past week, even the past few days um, on Twitter, yeah, the uh, the social media accounts for Disneyland today has been deactivated. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, a lot of people like took that as like really, really sad. Obviously, it's sad for the people who had those yeah, jobs. Yeah. I never really interacted with those accounts. I'm kind of, I always find corporate like brand social media accounts to be kind of cringy. So it's just me. <laughs> Whoa, but, hot uh, take. I feel sorry for the people who had those jobs who don't have them anymore. Though, sure, so that yeah. is sad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it'd be fun to be like a social media manager, especially for like Disneyland, tweeting out like, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I like being on Twitter, I guess, is my confession. <laughs> That's my confession. I want to be paid to, to use Twitter. But anyways, before we get into our final topic of the day and Jeremy's, of course, uh, legendary book review at the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we don't know that yet. We don't know if it's legendary yet. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a quick break to hear from the show's sponsors. If you guys are wondering where you can find even more family-friendly live streams, just like this one, head on over to theliveplace.com. The Live Place is your headquarters for great family-friendly live streams. They cover anything from Disney to other vacation spots, various variety shows, and have some amazing streamers like Resort TV One and myself. Also, be sure to check out puckermint.com, where you can find amazing pins and stickers, Puckermint is based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, just a few hours from where I live. And since I'm a big believer in supporting local artists, we decided to partner up. Be sure to use the coupon code down below when you make your next order. Again, that's Puckermint.com and Puckermint on Instagram. <laughs> <coughs> We're back, everybody, to the show. And, uh, yeah... <coughs> I've been saying to myself for the past hmm. few months, uh, I need to re-record that ad read because that was when I still had my old, you know, part in the middle hair. And that was when I was in my closet because I used to do the shows out of out of my closet. You guys remember that? Fun times. But uh, yeah, it's time for our second topic of, <coughs> excuse me, I got the coughs. Interesting cough. All of a sudden. Uh, actually, it's time for this week's COVID news rundown, and I have the soundboard working, so let's go ahead and uh, hear our, our lovely uh, soundbite here for the COVID headline rundown. This week on Matterhorn Monday, Matt and company continue their reports and discussions on COVID-19 and its impact on the Disney company around the world. Yes, it's time for our first headline, COVID headline rundown, that is. A spice Road Table at Epcot will not accommodate dining reservations starting on December 10th. Now, of course, links to all of these articles will be down in the description if you'd like to read up. This is, of course, the segment where we just list the headlines, because if we talked in depth about all these things, then the show would be five hours, uh, five hours long. But Well, uh, you're making it longer than it could have been without <laughs> no. that. Uh, oh no. <laughs> okay, for our second headline here, CDC allowing no sale order to expire and establishing framework for passenger cruises to resume. So, some, if you're cruise fans, or I guess if you're the Walt Disney Company, um, some good news coming out of uh, the cruising industry. Hopefully, uh, those will be able to return safely for the company. And finally, for our final COVID headline, a new Joe Biden ad sheds light 
on 28,000 cast member layoffs across Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. Interesting, I've yet to... I should, probably should have watched it beforehand for the show, but yet to see it. I'll watch it after uh, after the episode here. But that does it for this week's COVID headlines rundown and for our final topic of the day. This is, of course, a juicy topic, you guys. Well, I was sort of speculating whether... I guess we on the show were speculating whether or not this was going to be happening. Uh, overseas parks act on COVID surge while U.S. parks continue political and PR battle over reopening now. As COVID surges once again across the world, the international Disney parks close while the company faces a domestic battle to reopen Disneyland Resort in California and maintain a positive public image. Uh, earlier this week, uh, the Oriental Land Company, OLC, of course the owners of Tokyo Disney Resort, uh, released their quarter two 2020 financial results, indicating that the revenue was down 76%. So that's kind of a huge, huge drop from the previous uh previous quarter and due to this fact uh olc executives will be taking uh taking a pay cut so you know that's uh that's good to hear uh this is in direct contrast to the walt disney company of course uh which resort uh restored executive pay back to full and then subsequently know the story from here laid off twenty eight thousand of their theme park cast members uh, also due to COVID, disneyland paris will be reclosing their gates through February of 2021. Of course, this is in response to a national stay-at-home order issued by French President Emmanuel Mar- Macron. Macron, I hope I pronounced uh, pronounced that right. Uh, let's see, the resort is anticipating reservations for the Christmas season with hopes of reopening for a short period then. And uh, yeah, so uh, while Disneyland Paris recloses, Disneyland Park in Anaheim faces further... Difficulty reopen, uh, reopening Orange County is further from reopening under the governor's plan than ever before as COVID cases rise. Uh, the number of cases per uh, 100,000 people went up from 4.6 to 5.1. And that, of course, indicates that Disneyland will most likely not reopen at all in 2020 if uh, the number of cases in the county continues uh, to rise the way it has. So. This is interesting, sort of, (laughs) I sort of just crammed three mini topics into there, probably should have pasted out there better, but I wanted to read that entire paragraph in as many short as I can. Yeah, it's all related, but we can sort of uh, touch base on the first sort of mini topic that we have here, uh, Tokyo Disney uh, being down revenue 76%, and of course the Oriental Land Company executives taking pay cuts. That's Mm -hmm. great. I mean, initially, Disney yes. executives took pay cuts, too, <laughs> but then they restored them. They and did, we were, initially. We were saying the same That's thing, right. but uh, I feel like this could be different. Uh, Jeremy, what are your thoughts on uh, that mini topic? Yeah, well, I believe the executives at LC had taken pay cuts prior to this pay cut. I don't remember if they restored pay and then cut again or have just been cutting more. Mm. I don't remember the details. I should have re-looked that up, but... Um, the point is now we this story is actually really interesting development on what we've been talking about. Um, we sort of are now able to look at this back to back in comparison with the rest of the uh, world. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> now what did you do? You gave me a cough. <laughs> you didn't though. That'd be impossible. Um, 
we we've seen uh disney release these press uh releases that um one of their points that they like to throw around that i see a lot of people throw around in this in this discourse is that uh oh the, the parks have been able to open fine around the world and mm-hmm. i've often pointed out on here that that's an unfair comparison simply because the rest of the world has handled the virus completely differently than the united states and yeah. i think i don't need to really go in depth on the result of that uh that being said of course uh, many uh you know countries around the world are starting to experience that second wave that people that we've been talking about throughout COVID of even if you get it, even if you get the first wave under control, there is bound to be a second wave. And we're still learning more about immunity in terms of COVID. Um, And do we uh, develop those antibodies permanently and stuff like that? So there is a second wave happening in the rest of the world. Um, Japan uh, is actually able to get the virus uh, down relatively quickly and relatively without much damage um however uh you know olc which owns tokyo disney is, has uh, obviously seen losses as many businesses are are going to which is mm. rough and hard uh but uh we see a response with olc that uh i think makes sense if there's a loss you fall for you fall in front of the train you take the bullet if you're mm-hmm. a leader uh, than the people who work under you and work for you. Sure. I think it's very telling on, that this is happening back to back, that OLC is willing to continue or extend or expand pay cuts for their senior executives. There, there have been layoffs in Tokyo Disneyland, don't get me wrong, but it could have been, they could have opted to keep their senior executive salary mm. and uh, just laid off more people. Which is exactly what the um, what the Walt Disney Company has decided to do in response to the closures in the United States. Uh, I think the difference is very telling, and I'm curious why uh, why Bob Iger and Bob Chapek have not. The public has been um, asking these questions, mm-hmm. not just Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. The public has been asking these questions. Why? Why? If you have a good reason, tell us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're listening. They haven't even addressed that. Uh, they keep going back to, well, you know, we, were, we, we, we provided our employees with health, in, health insurance for as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Only your full-time employees. Okay. It's very complicated in terms of that. But anyway, um, it's, it's just telling. I, I don't understand. I, they must know that that's a huge issue, and I hope that they – they're not gonna. They're not. I, I would be surprised if we see a news story that they decide to take a, a pay. Yeah, that's when you know things are actually really bad. Mm-hmm. Is if they take another pay cut. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, uh, Mark said in chat, investor day next week. So that's true. It might be filled with a lot of people. You know, and and listen, it's executives hate that day. They sit there, they roll their eyes, they don't listen or actively care about what anyone has to say on Investor Day. Mm. But there's going to be people there demanding um, answers, I think, and I hope. Well, we can only hope that uh, next week will bring answers. And we will, of course, 
been covering this uh, as closely as we can. We'll keep you all updated on that. But uh, the other sort of mini news story that we have here as well is Disneyland Paris having to reclose their gates at least through February of uh, next year, 2021. Now, we have already seen, I believe it was Hong Kong Disneyland who uh, closed... I can't remember when exactly, a few months ago, but I do know that it was Hong Kong that closed again. Uh, so this is would be the second resort to reopen and then subsequently have to reclose due, That's to, right. uh, due to COVID. So, yeah, like Jeremy mentioned, it is very interesting sort of seeing this using the argument, oh, but they reopened the parks uh, across the world. Fine, obviously, you know, we're not as good as the other parts of the world have been when it comes to getting the virus under uh you know, contained as best as they can. Um, but yeah, uh, it does sort of bode the question. We have seen cases rise, at least in my local area. Cases have been just skyrocketing the past few weeks. Uh, if I guess this sort of poses the question, if cases continue to rise, if maybe in Florida, could you see, the big question, could you see Disney reclosing <laughs> the uh, Walt Disney World? <laughs> No, I don't. Uh, the, the precedent for that is they reopened that one of the biggest peaks, uh, the biggest rises in COVID cases yeah. in Florida. Uh, we, it, it's a lot more than um, Disney making the, these decisions. Uh, Disney had to comply with the French government. Mm -hmm. uh, strangely enough, I don't see any press releases um, sticking it to the, the French government, maybe because that would be an international <laughs> issue. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as DeSantis is sitting back and uh, not doing much, yeah, if there's a spike in Florida, if there's a major spike in Florida, they opened in a major spike. Mm -hmm. They opened when there were 15,000 new cases. They'll they'll stay open. Besides, Disney has chosen uh, this to be a political battle, right? They've made this yeah. political. So, uh, you know, it wouldn't look good. I don't think they – I think they would think it wouldn't look good if uh, all of a sudden they had to put their you know tail down beneath their legs and mm. and have to be like okay we were wrong we have to close disney world and you know what we should keep disneyland closed too <laughs> you know i, I don't yeah. see them backing down from this uh political battle that they've set up for themselves speaking of political battle we can sort of transition that to the final topic and uh, a sort of mini topic there about uh, Disneyland cases skyrocketing it's almost kind of oh that's right yeah, yeah. I don't want to use uh, it's it's uh, how do I phrase this it's very interesting the fact that just a few weeks ago the guidelines were released people were saying if you know if Disney wanted to reopen they should you know the people should try their best to stay inside to self-quarantine to not interact with anybody orange county should be doing its part to help these you know not necessarily i guess indirectly to help these businesses reopen um helping the cases go down and then we see here uh cases went up uh, per 100,000 people went up from 4.6 to 5.1 which is yeah not necessarily a huge jump in percentage, but uh, again, that is per uh, 10, 100,000 people. And uh, Orange County has however many million. I could be wrong. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head how many people live there. But <clears throat> 
Yeah, so that does sort of put the nail in the coffin as to when, if Disneyland will reopen <laughs> yeah. this year. It's a big fat no if the cases, especially if the cases keep rising at this uh, at this rate, if they continue to rise at this rate. Yeah, I agree. And here's the thing. If cases were, if we saw cases gradually going down in Orange County, I don't think I would be as uh, hard on this and controversially mm. so. I mean, there there are people who really are the antithesis of what I say on this show who have, you know, Disney channels. I don't care at this point. I'm going to say what I want to. <laughs> um, and I like engaging with people, so I don't really mind. Um, but uh, if I saw that cases were, yeah, were gradually going down, I don't think I'd be as harsh on this issue. I would say, okay, Disney has a point in at least wanting to be able to prepare to sure. reopen. But we've seen Orange County. It's been kind of... A roller coaster there and we're seeing the as we talked about last week they were sort of on the verge of a rise didn't happen yet but now we're seeing that rise happen we're seeing that spike happen so if anyone's still arguing disneyland should open right now i just don't see that as a possibility yeah. in the realm of possibility um listen there's a misconception here. Someone who takes my point of view on this issue is not saying the parks should stay closed. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. No, it's not yeah. that, you know, it's it's so much more complicated than that. And I hope I've been able to communicate why it's more complicated than that. Usually the truth is more complicated than just the simple yes <laughs> or no. That's actually not always the case. That just proves that things are more complex. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, um, (laughs) so uh, you just distract me with that. Let's go. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) Um, but, (laughs) um, it's, uh, it's much more complicated than that. You know, Orange County needs to get it under control and it requires being proactive as people who live in Orange County requires a proactive local government as well. Now, I do want to point something out. Uh, San Francisco, well, I just kind of ruined the punchline. There's no punchline. But so the Walt Disney Family Museum (laughs) is in the Bay Area, right, in San Francisco. Uh, They have announced that they're going to be able to reopen. That's wonderful. They've been closed for so Mm -hmm. long. Uh, I just want to point out the reason why they're able to reopen is that San Francisco has been able to get down to, I believe, about 1.7 of those uh, 100,000, 1.7 out of every 100,000 new cases. If San Francisco can do that, you can too, Orange County. I've been saying that. It's not in the realm of impossibility. It's not in the realm of impossibility. Uh, So if they can do it, you can do it. And if you're in San Francisco, the Walt Disney Family Museum is an absolutely incredible museum. Support them. Go take a visit. I'm sure they need need the uh, visitors. Yeah. Yeah. If I were able to visit, I would. But Everett said in chat, according to the 2010 U.S. Census, Orange County, California population is 3 million. Around 3 million. Uh, um, (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while since I've read out a number that long. (laughs) 3,010,232. It just caught me off guard there for a second. Um yeah, so I was I was right in the millions is the the population of Orange County. So, but yeah, if like Jeremy said, if if San Francisco can do it, Orange County can do it. But uh, this sort of bodes an interesting predicament here uh, that the Disney company, 
or I guess that uh, Disneyland Resort is going to have to face, probably. And uh, I I asked, uh, Jeremy and I have a group chat with our other friend uh, who helps write the show notes. I asked him, asked them in, the, the, in that chat uh, this question. But I'd like to propose the question to you guys here. Uh, since the cases... This was uh, this was earlier today, Jeremy. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, no. Oh no. Okay. It's That's been, okay. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. That's fair. I'll I'll <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll did I answer it. this question? I don't think you did. I think okay. only Nate did. But that's okay. There you go. Uh, I was productive. So, I was in the zone today. He was, to be fair. But okay. So with cases <clears throat> rising in Orange County, uh, of course, we talked about last week, uh, Disney sending out the announcement that Buena Vista Street would be uh, reopening alongside uh, as an extension, actually, of uh, downtown Disney. Um, I don't know why the correlation was made in my head, but uh, what are the odds that Buena Vista Street does not actually reopen? Because Disneyland, or Disney already put out an announcement to reopen Disneyland just uh, in July, and then, of course, that backfired on them. They didn't get to open the parks. Uh, this is, of course, a different circumstance, but it's still sort of lingering in my head as something that could possibly happen, Buena Vista Street not actually reopening uh, as they intended to uh, as they intended to uh, to reopen it. But uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think, and, uh, of course, Jeremy on my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't think it's that much of a conspiracy theory. I think it's in the realm of possibility. I'm not going to say it's true. I mean, there's just no precedent to be able to figure that out. Uh, the only thing I think is on your side in terms of that theory uh, is if this rise goes even higher. Now, um, so we'll see. And that might just be a postponement. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I think it's still going to reopen uh, and we'll get more details, but I don't think... Your theory's in the realm of impossibility. If it happens, come back to this episode. I predicted it. You all <laughs> owe me a dollar. Um, all the all those who watched. But yeah, so I guess it's just an interesting sort of proposition that Mark said it's been living in my head rent free. That's uh yeah, but it's just something that's been the correlation that was just made in my head for some reason. And I'd like to hear what you guys have to think as well in the chat in the comments down below. Oh, the voicemail too. I forgot to mentioned at the top oh. of the show about the voicemail 575-386-5814 you can of course call in if you'd like to leave a voicemail on uh if you have any opinions on what we're talking about here um but yeah so very interesting we will of course be following this story uh very closely like we have been uh you know it's going to be a while for disneyland to to reopen and it could possibly even go a whole year if you think about it uh, a whole year without uh, reopening. It's possible. Many other industries uh, are going more than a year. Mm -hmm. I, I can speak for Broadway in that sense. So we'll see. Anything's possible. <sighs> Anything is definitely possible. But yeah, I believe, Jeremy, unless you have any final thoughts on that topic, we can go ahead and wrap that one up. I don't think I do, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this more next week. And Let's I'm tired go. of talking about this. I'm going to say that right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully next time we'll have some good news to talk about. You know, maybe not. But we'll see. Hopefully. But, guys, I think it's time 
for everybody's um, the most anticipated segment on uh, the show. Actually, Jeremy is going <laughs> to <Well>, be <laughs> everyone's leaving. No, no come back. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeremy is going to uh, be uh, giving a review, of course, of the book Boundless Realm: Deep Explorations Inside Disney's Haunted Mansion. So I'll go ahead and give Mr. Jeremy the floor here, and you can discuss about uh, the book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, hopefully you don't leave during this. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but anyway, uh, for those who follow the rather tumultuous and toxic environment that is Disney <laughs> fandom, or Diz Twitter as we refer to it today, it seems harder and harder for our shared love of this institution, this entity really called Disney, to shine through all the toxicity and drama that so often plagues the pages of the internet. I don't think I need to cite examples to prove that. To be honest, I'm not so sure the notion that there once was a time where Disney fandom flourished on the World Wide Web with tribute sites, news groups, and fan forums is an invention of my childhood nostalgia or reality. Regardless, that notion exists in my mind as well as many others growing up with the internet at the time. If there is, however, a saving grace resource that cuts through the never-ending cycle of drama, it is the theme park nerd's mecca of a blog, Passport Dreams Old and New. Here is the hub of healthy analysis of theme park design that bridges the gap between fan and academic. Its author, Foxy, the theme park fanatic of theme park fanatics, breaks down the Disney parks into layers that resonate with fellow fans on a deeply personal level. This is because to Foxy, theme parks are entirely personal. Her voice as a writer is so distinct that her passion for these parks bleeds through the facts, figures, and history so much so that when we, the readers, finish one of her essays, we don't just walk away with new, trivial knowledge of a particular attraction. We walk away with a newfound and heightened understanding of why we love what we love. That is a rare and profound effect to have as a writer, especially when you're the writer of a theme park fan blog. It should come as little to no surprise then that her new book, Boundless Realm, Deep Explorations Inside Disney's Haunted Mansion, goes even further. Boundless Realm is unique in that it makes an active attempt to depart from the normal ways in which Disney history is so often told. A book giving us the chronology of the design process would be redundant considering the amount of resources readily available that do just that. Rather, Foxy guides us on a personal tour of the mansion as she sees it and has studied it firsthand. In one room, we explore the history of the dark ride and its ties to fun, cheap thrills. In another, we travel back in time to the 18th and 19th century to explore the origins of the haunted house trope itself. In another, we look at the evolution of horror trends in film from the 20s to the 60s, or the origins of spiritualism as a cultural phenomenon and its ties to magic and illusions. Down the hall, we sit with Mark Davis and explore his thought process and ingrained cultural influences in painting the stretching room portraits or the Sinister Eleven. Or we find ourselves with the author herself at the Magic Kingdom, exploring the ins and outs of every corner of the beloved mansion. And there are so many more rooms on this tour that I could gush about, but I'll leave them for you to discover. Foxy doesn't just show us what makes the Haunted Mansion special. 
She takes us into, well, the boundless realm of what it all means. She gives us a haunted mansion on display in which our movies, our plays, our books, our architecture, our religions, our customs, our entire popular culture all collapse into one in a 10 or so minute dark ride that has transcended into our collective global consciousness. As Imagineer John Hench once wrote regarding theme park design, after a lifetime, and I quote, after a lifetime as a designer, I have become convinced that some kind of ancestral memory, a collective conscious of inheritance of, ses- of sensory impressions, images, and symbols plays an important role to what we see. Boundless Realm ends, and I promise this is not a spoiler, by giving us detailed examples of the mansion's influence in theme parks around the world. After turning the final page just a couple days ago on Halloween, I couldn't help but start to think about the bustling seasonal haunted house scene I grew up with in Southern California and how deeply the mansion was so openly and creatively embedded and sometimes expanded in all of those experiences and how they so deeply became embedded in a little boy who too loved the mansion. And then I thought about what truly makes an attraction more timeless, more relevant, more Disney, or what that should mean anyway. Boundless Realm can be purchased on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly from the book's publisher at Inklingwood Press. Links to all of this will be in the description. And let me tell you, I cannot recommend it more, people. Uh, That's my review, if ever there was one. Let's go. Jeremy, that reminded me of a journey through animation. Journey through animation, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nice. That was great. That makes me highly recommend. Buy the book. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's inspiring. Uh, I think it is. I think she absolutely sets the precedent for new ways we can tell history. Uh, I'm inspired. I hope it inspires uh, DizTube as well. Yes, DizTube. That's us. That's us. That's us. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that write makes these scripts. Me... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, great review. Thank you, Mr. Jeremy. That does make me want to buy the book and read it. That'd be the first Good. book I've read since uh, Mockingjay, Hunger Games, Mockingjay. Oh, right. I, absolutely, Matt. I think, uh, I think you should do it. I think everyone in chat should do it. Too. You know, even buy it just for <laughs> I think the everyone cover to who display. watches who's not watching live should get it too. Yes. So, link down below. And yes, and there'll also be a link below to Foxy's incredible blog yeah. Passport to Dreams Old and New. I'm telling you, great, great, some of yeah. the greatest essays you'll ever read on theme park design. Nobody does what Foxy does. And this book, I hope really takes off. And from what I hear, She's writing one about pirates. So that's going to be very exciting. Yeah. yeah and I'm I telling love... you, her, 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 her blog is so powerful. Her mm. words are so powerful and so amazing that uh, she has had me, she sold me the idea that uh, perhaps the Florida Pirates actually is good. That yeah. is, that is wow. good writing. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the very, <laughs> I remember one of the very first blogs that I used to to frequent when I first started getting into Disney history. So big shout out to, to link down below everything. Uh, yeah, 
That has been Jeremy's review for Boundless Realm, a deep exploration behind... I'm trying to read off of the small picture I should read of here. Deep explorations <laughs> inside Disney's Haunted Mansion. The title is correct there. Link will be down below. And I think that is going to wrap up this week's show. Mr. Jeremy, do you have anything you'd like to say before we sign off for the day? Yeah, I do, guys. If you haven't voted already, oh do gosh. it tomorrow. I mean, if you're watching live, it'll be tomorrow. If you're watching not live, it, well, I don't know if this will be up right away or not. It it's could whatever be YouTube up. decides. And I have we no <laughs> are totally, it could be up post-election and, and oh it's a gosh. portal into the world, the last <laughs> portal into the world pre-election. Yeah. So well, we'll see what happens. I don't want to talk about it, though. Here we <laughs> It's happening either way. Uh, go out and vote tomorrow. It's happening like either said. way. Yeah, it, like you said, live <laughs> tomorrow uh, to vote. And the episode should be public. If not tonight, then by tomorrow. So today, if you're watching this on Tuesday, uh, local polling station. I know a lot of uh, NFL uh, arenas have been converted into polling uh places if you live near an nfl what am i thinking a football field is what it's called that's what it's called the, fo the football f the stadium football stadium i couldn't think of the words uh so if you live near one of uh those football stadiums you can vote there but yeah i'm sure there'll be more information that you can find but on that note as always links to all of the articles that we refer to will be down in the description below and uh, again i forgot to mention at the top of the episode but 575-386-5814 if you'd like to call in throughout the week leave a voicemail if you have any thoughts you'd like for us to you know address in next week's episode and i feel like i'm forgetting something i don't think so the soundboard's working so you know what guys we might as well end off here oh my gosh where's my soundboard we might as well end off here with another great listen <laughs> wait to some good people. Oh. Yeah! It's Matt Snap, oh, you guys. I thought you were going to put back on the People Mover music. Well, I have Alex in the Park. Uh, I have the intro. I have COVID 19. I have. Uh, all right, we're not going to have a, a we DJ go through all of session them. right now. <laughs> Darn. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you all for coming to today's episode uh links to uh my socials jeremy's social socials and uh, of course alex's channel as well will be down in the description if you'd like to follow us on anything but yeah i think it's time to go ahead and wrap up the episode so thank you all for coming and as always have a great big beautiful tomorrow hopefully there is one <laughs>